0: Welcome! you found the Out of the Ordinary podcast, where we believe that the very best stories grow
1: out of the soil of ordinary life. I'm Christy Purifoy. And I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And a few of our favorite ordinary winter things are flannel sheets, candles in the kitchen, and coming in out of the cold.
0: And a few of mine are ice skating on the neighborhood pond long walks after a snowfall, and warming back
1: up again with a homemade tea latte. We hope these conversations help you see the extra hidden right in plain sight in your ordinary life too. Get comfy. Here we go.
0: Lisa Joe, this is one of my favorite conversations that we have started doing month to month. It is a conversation inspired by the latest
1: care package from the Black Barn, our paper and string. Which feels appropriate, especially in the month of February, because I do feel like it's the month of packages tied up with paper and string. At least that's like my fantasy for February, that somehow around Valentine's Day, all kinds of magic shows up. So I love that (laughs) we do try that. We send out virtual care package every month to our subscribers. If you have no idea what we're talking about, please pause this and go to outoftheordinarypodcast.com slash PS for paper and string because you do need a little PS here in your life with some joy slipping in under your door of your virtual mailbox so that we can just send you some surprises this time of the year.
0: Absolutely. And we put paper and string together with the help of friends, Because I think the really interesting thing about this podcast is that it is born out of a friendship. But the thing about friendship and relationship in general and just love in general is that it multiplies, right? Right. So one of the things that happened over the years of putting together this podcast is meeting other creative people. And then creating things with them. So, Paper and String is not just you and me, Lisa Joe, but it's a group of um, creative, talented folks who share um, all kinds of wonderful things every month in Paper and String. So, I would love to talk about um, something I read in the February issue. So, our friend, Anna Grist, every month, she writes um, a column called Hiking on Holy Ground. Anna lives in possibly one of the most beautiful places on the planet. (laughs) I know. (laughs) She lives in like the mountain wilderness of um, Canada. And so often she'll share glorious photographs and reflections based on her hiking in that place. Um, This month, uh, she's been sharing some photos from hikes that she took um, in the UK and England and Scotland. And um, anyway, I love it so much. But when I read her words this month... So not even just her images, but the words, I was like, oh, yes, she has seen inside my head. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so Hiking on Holy Ground this month, it's titled, When I Don't See the Nurture in Nature. And she says this, she says, the doldrums, monotonous, monotone even. These are words that flash in my mind when I look forward to February. And I thought, oh my goodness, yes, February is such a hard month for me. But then she said this, but really, isn't that exactly what we need?
1: Hmm.
0: And I thought, I I, I don't know. Is, Is it? it? Is it? <laughs> Is it Anna? Is it really? Is it Anna? Well I am partially convinced, having read her her piece, I am. And then I think I have a feeling as we dig into it together and and trade stories, um, I have a feeling we'll decide at the end she's right, because Anna's probably right. But still, it's a hard question. This month is a bit tedious, a bit boring, a bit monotone. Here where we are, it's winter. Um, We don't have the glitter and excitement of Christmas as well. We are still... Um, in this time of pandemic. Um, it's a hard, it's a hard, hard month. So here, I'm not going to read the whole piece. Um, our subscribers to Paper and String get that, but here's just a few more um, little bits from it that that stuck out to me. And then I have a story to tell, because this sparked a story um, in me. She says, the slowness of winter seems even slower in February and March. Oh yeah, I totally feel that. When stillness reigns and monochrome meets the eye. Oh my goodness, yes. And then she said this after a year of a slow pace for my body, yet a frenetic pace for my heart and mind, I'm ready, even joyfully anticipating this month of anonymous days. Hmm. Anonymous days. I really, I really feel that as well. Anonymous days. She says, I'm reminded that God speaks in a still, small voice, and I can't always hear that voice while I'm celebrating. I can't hear it when I'm consumed by a festive to-do list or a series of resolutions for a new year. I can only hear it when I'm surrendered and in one place. Mm. Be still and know." So Lisa Joe, I was really challenged reading that because I thought, on the one hand, Anna is inside my head without how difficult this month can be, and how I am feeling it um I think even in heavier ways this year because as we've shared on on previous episodes, uh, our family had covid, and i'm I'm still recovering, still trying to move past that still. I'm not my old self, I don't have the energy I did before. I'm hopeful that I'll get there, but I'm not there yet so i'm I'm feeling that extra weight I think, so she's inside my head in that sense, but she's pointing out that there might be some treasure here. there might be some um, something good to receive in exactly this sort of anonymous monotone monochrome season, so that's what I think I need to um reflect a bit more to see like, okay, if she's right, and I I have a feeling she is, what does that look like in my own life? So at Lisa Joe, recently I've been doing this thing and I can't decide if it's a helpful practice or not. I have been scrolling through the photos on my phone. And maybe I've been doing this because I've been in bed a lot resting <laughs> and I have my phone close by. So I'm scrolling through photos on my phone and I have been scrolling back exactly a year. So I've been looking at last January. Last February. And what I see are faces of people, myself, my family, even you. We got together in in that winter um, who did not know what was about to
1: happen. (laughs) It's like deer in the headlights, like deer who are like walking through the woods. No idea that it's hunting season is how I feel (laughs) when I look at those pictures. So bad. Oh, Lisa
0: Joe, I do. I look at those little faces and and my grandmother's voice comes back to me, and I just want to say, oh, bless their hearts. Bless their hearts. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know that's the last time in a restaurant with their family. They don't know that was the last time seeing those friends face to face. They don't know that was the last time they went into shops, you know, without masks on. They did all these things, right? right. All these last things. So I've been, I've been looking at that and feeling lots of feelings <laughs> about that. But also, it reminded me I hadn't remembered this. But I looked back at photos and realized that last February here at Maplehurst in Pennsylvania, it was very mild. It felt like spring. We had days where it was sixty degrees, um, which here is is not normal for February. For context, today as I look outside my window, it's snow covered. We had a really beautiful snowfall yesterday, and um, it's. The sun is shining today. It's really quite beautiful. It's reflecting off the snow, but it is very much a winter landscape. And I I think I know that this morning when I woke up, it was 18 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm. 18 versus 60? Yeah. I mean, what? Like that too is this huge difference between this February and last February. So, Lisa, Joe, last February, because it was sixty degrees, Jonathan and I—and I'm looking at the photos, I have the proof—we were out in the yard doing projects. We were doing like gardening work. We built. Um, well, I say we, John, <laughs> with my assist, my oversight, my prodding, <laughs> built um, raised beds for a new little cutting garden that I had in the I have in the corner. We got some uh, uh, some raised beds for a little vegetable garden. We filled those with compost. Um, what else did we do? We cut, it, we cut out a section of grass where I wanted to plant a hedge that spring. Um, and we got a big truckload of, of mushroom compost to, to lay down there. We were like busy little bees out in the garden. And I remember last year doing that work with him and turning to him and saying, okay, I'm a little bummed that it, It feels like spring and February because I actually do love winter. I love snow. Um, But I'm also really excited that we're being so productive. Mm. It felt like we were getting this head start on spring um, because we were doing a lot of cleanup and a lot of work that normally we can't do until the end of March or if the weather's really bad, maybe not until April. And then everything seems to happen so fast in the garden and you feel behind even when it starts. So it felt like, wow, we are getting this extra time to have a really productive gardening year. And if that part of it felt really good, um, because normally February in my home and place is not a productive month. Mm -hmm. It's more like this February where I can't do work outside. I can't even really do a lot at all because I don't have the energy. I I have to rest a lot. I have to go slow. Um, And so it In so many ways, this February is unlike last February. Mm. And what I have been feeling is that this February is sort of pointless. (laughs) It feels like it doesn't have the meaning that I want it to. I love meaning. I love making meaning. I love activities that feel meaningful. Um, And last February felt meaningful because look at us. We are going to seize the day. It's 60 degrees, and we are out making the most of it. But this February, okay, (laughs) I— I can't seize the day. I'm lying in bed. My kids are doing virtual school, and i'm I, I, so I feel like they're not being you know their their days are somehow less productive or less meaningful. We're like a family of February blobs <laughs> 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 like, blobs <laughs> lying in bed. My children are watching too much TV. I don't have quite the energy to make all the homemade meals, and John is doing a lot, but we're ordering it, you know we're ordering in more. It's just in everything that i I like to feel productive and capable and things are meaningful and going the way they should in every way they are not mm. they're just not it is it's it's an a, a month of anonymous days in in new ways and the contrast is you know between last year and this has just really brought that home mm. so I'm asking myself with in anna's voice because of her piece, could this actually be a good thing? Should I stop fighting this and should i receive it? And what happens when I receive it? What does that look like? Um, So I don't know if you have any experience or if you have a story that can help me like (laughs) lean into those questions.
1: (laughs) Well, it's funny because when I was, you know, seeing Anna's words as well, first of all, it's just a beautiful piece of writing. It's so wonderful. And for those of you who might be new to paper and string, it really is designed to appeal to the senses. So there's something for tasting, for gathering, for growing. Um, It's really a for for listening and hearing. It's a beautiful space to visit if you haven't. And it shows up every month uh, in your inbox. And I always feel like, okay, it's there's something about receiving paper and string that does feel like, oh, somehow they will help me make meaning out of this month. As someone who isn't really prone to looking at the calendar quite the way you are, and by calendar, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. mean really sort of the earth's calendar, you know, like Mm -hmm. understanding each month and what happens in these seasons. For me, paper and string is a reminder of like, oh, that's what I can anticipate in the season. So reading Anna's words somehow were helpful because if she sees these days as anonymous and gray and to a degree boring, then maybe it's okay, I do. But then she went on to find something in that. And I thought it was interesting because the two words I think of when I feel like Right now where I am in February is the word meaningless, but like with a side of frenzy is how I would describe it. So because it feels meaningless and it also feels amorphous, it's the same, right? Like it's shapeless. You talk about us being like shapeless blobs on a sofa. It feels amorphous. <laughs> but when I start to feel that way, I get like a side of frenzy. Like now I need to do something to fix this house we've been just schlubbing around in for months. Like I must now pull out the whole pantry. I feel I like, can sort it. And it usually starts with one small thing. Like you go in to try to find the candle and then it's barely Buried beneath all these like Santa hot chocolate mugs that still haven't got put <laughs> away from Christmas. And then you can't find batteries and you realize the batteries are now mixed in with some screwdrivers and a saw. Why is there a saw in the pantry? I don't know, but there is. And then you go to put the saw away in the shoe closet and you can't even open the door because everyone has just dumped all their winter gear back in there and a oh, shelf yeah. has fallen off now. <laughs> so now there's a drill on the floor right where you're trying to put your foot in a boot to take it out and you're like, everything is control everything is meaningless and i'm now frantic because i have to like force this to have order and structure and i think that is connected to when you talk about last spring you and john were productive that's Mm -hmm. the word and as human beings i think we ascribe meaning to productivity so if we are not productive it must be meaningless and February can feel that way, that there's been so much drop off in productivity. By this point in the homeschool year, the forced homeschool year, I don't know where you guys are at, I have, I'm have, i losing the ability to care about how my yeah. children do. I just, yeah. I feel like I don't care. Don't email me about a late assignment. I've lost the ability to care. Can I help them with Logic. Can I help them follow up on the Odyssey? I cannot. I can no longer care about these things. I'm not even (laughs) sorry about it. I'm struggling because, so because I'm not productive, I feel like I'm losing meaning, which then causes this internal chaos in me that comes out in these like psycho bursts of mom frenzy where I now feel like I need to attack all of my children who are just minding their business, trying to watch some TV now or play a video game. And then I arrive and like start berating them for the state of the shoe closet. (laughs) They look at me like I'm completely insane. And it makes me think about my friend Holly Girth. She used to say this really interesting thing about human beings. She said, the thing about humans is that we are highly inefficient. We sleep, we like shut down for like eight to 10 hours a day. We accomplish nothing, okay? If God designed us that way, <laughs> we must start to receive from Him maybe meaning in a new way. We cannot ascribe meaning to productivity, because if so, then just what a waste your life is if you go to bed at night. And we live in a culture in America that actually believes that, right? That whole insane phrase of like, you'll sleep when you're dead, you know, it's Mm -hmm, terrible mm -hmm, thinking. mm -hmm. And so when I was preparing for today and thinking about this concept of meaninglessness, because part of what I'm trying to tell myself is not to give in to the urge of the frenzy that says, right now I'm supposed to like clean my pantry. When I know that I'm heading into a season now of where my family is trying to create some space for me. I have a big writing project deadline. They're trying to make space for me. And so I know that I have a few days before we begin this new regimen. And what I have told them is that I'm going to be home and present with them during those three days. So probably what they don't want is that version of me to be this crazy psycho mom who's now making them all clean the pantry. (laughs) Maybe it's more important to find meaning In entering into what they are doing, you know, my son who watches World War II documentaries, like, let's hear from him, let's watch a documentary with him. Not to say we stop doing the chores of life, but I can't let those chores be where I find my meaning. And so I went back to, you know, the king of meaninglessness, King Solomon, who Mm. we all know famously said in Ecclesiastes, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless, And I tend to have that in my head, Christy, like anytime I have days like this, I feel like, oh, yes, Solomon, you're right. Like everything is meaningless. Nobody cares. And I feel very nihilistic in my thinking, like this is a disaster and I'm tempted To just burn it all down, you know, like get (laughs) everything out of that pantry and trash it all like there's no meaning. If I can't get containers from the container store and make it look like the home edit, (laughs) what is the point? Okay, what even is the point? (laughs) Yeah. But you and I were talking about this before we got on the recording, probably no more than two weeks ago. I was in conversation with a friend about the meaning of certain words in scripture and how there's certain things I've always thought my whole life mean X, Y, or Z because of the English word that's used. And she brought up Ecclesiastes and she said, yes, like the word meaningless in Ecclesiastes. And my eyes just bugged out. And I said to her, wait, what? No, I, what? There's another take on that word. And she said, oh, Lisa Jo, it'll blow your mind. So, dear listeners, if you have not heard this translation, it is so powerful to learn that the Hebrew word that has been translated into English as meaningless or in some translations, vanity, like vanity, vanity, Mm -hmm. everything is vanity. It comes from a Hebrew word, Havel, which is spelled H E V E L. When that word is translated literally, it means smoke or vapor which is suggesting that life can take these different shapes at different times and that when you try to grab hold of it, it slips through your fingers, kind of like a fog or a mist that you can't see through. And so in English, we've translated that like it's meaningless because it's hard to make meaning of these moments that you can't quite grasp. But Christy, I don't know about you, but for me, when you tell me that word, actually, what Solomon is saying is that a uh, vapor vapor or mist mist that's what life is like you say that to me in february i can reply Yes. yes, That's yes. what February is like. Yes. Like a mist. I can't quite wrap my hands around. I'm trying to make meaning. Sometimes I feel frenetic. Sometimes I feel like it's meaningful. I don't know how to grasp it. But I don't feel like he's saying that means it's meaningless. He's just saying it's maybe shapeless. It's amorphous. It's hard to process. But to me, that is not the same as meaninglessness. Mhm I, I okay, yes <laughs> everything
0: in me is saying yes yes and um I love it when we I feel like we just sort of stumble sometimes because I'm not a a language scholar I'm not a Right um, me neither. Right I'm not a bible scholar but you know every once in a while we stumble on um just one of these gorgeous meaningful truths that scholars have have you know, uncovered for us, and I, I found that description of um, Ecclesiastes a couple years ago as well, and had that same epiphany of of wow, why didn't I know this? But I had forgotten it until you brought it up. I'm so glad you did because yes, that is February, and it makes me realize that in every so I'm I'm someone who's, who who like all humans, but maybe I feel it to a stronger degree. We want to make sense of things. We want. To, we want things to be meaningful, to have meaning. It's why we're um, drawn to, you know, try to live lives of purpose and so on. Um, and so, in every other month of the year, there are so many other things that can um, meet that need in me or scratch that itch or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and maybe not in an ultimate way, but in February, <laughs> and especially in this February, this February of a pandemic, this February where I don't have energy to to get out and go. Um, I'm feeling it even more. And so, what What can I do? Who can I turn to? Mm. Really, the only option, and I think this is what Anna was getting at in her piece, the only option is to be available and present, to be still and know the source of all meaning, meaning itself, Who? who is God, who is our Creator, who is the love <laughs> that's holding this whole cosmos together. That's all I have. I can't rush out to my garden to—, to try to find meaning. Um, I'm, um, it's, I'm not finding it in day-to-day productivity with my kids or feeling good about you know, what their day-to-day lives look like because you know, we're stuck in some circumstances that, that it's hard to feel good about. Um, so all I can do is turn to that source, to the source, and then what is required of me, just that I'm still. And that's the great thing about February. I'm, I'm forced into it forced into it, especially if and this is something I've been challenged to lean into this um, past week or so, really by my husband who brought it up, even in February, many of us have our smartphones close by. Mm-hmm. so there is always a source of distraction and the things that kind of split our focus and um, and so he he um, read a really interesting piece recently talking about, um, you brought up sleep. So I was talking about sleep and what happens to our brain in sleep and how that sort of continues after we wake up. But we change it. We like mess up that natural process when we immediately pick up our phones in the morning and start paying attention to all these other things. Mm-hmm. So he he encourages um, in this piece That we don't touch our phones for at least an hour but that we kind of lean into just the the personal thinking and 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 even creativity that is unleashed by our sleeping and our dreaming so i've been doing that just actually waking up looking at the clock and knowing i'm not even going to look at my phone until at least an hour from now and so i'm (laughs) there again is another invitation to just what what can i do then so i've been sipping my coffee in the mornings thinking oh, okay, I'm alone with my thoughts. <laughs> I can pray, I can think, but I'm not scrolling on my phone like yeah. I used to do as I drank my morning coffee. Um, so even in that, I'm I'm trying, I am trying to, to receive what I think is the good gift of this month, which, which is simply to be still and know and turn my attention inward and uh, in that way to turn my attention to the source of meaning, which is really what I want, which yeah. is really, when I'm looking for meaning in the garden or in other activities, those things have their roots. If they're good and, and like my gardening is, they have their roots in the source, which which is God Himself. Um, but feeling that definitely in new ways this month and in harder ways. It's not easy. It's not right fun. but But I think there is satisfaction there as well. Right. And I've often...
1: That verse, be still a no, has chafed me, I think, over the mm-hmm, years. I think it's so mm-hmm. overquoted, you know, and I, I'm yeah. not really sure if it's used correctly in how mm-hmm, we apply mm-hmm. it. But in looking at this concept of meaning of God and His presence and understanding my own frenetic thoughts, it's been helpful to receive that verse from the Lord as an invitation to actually still not necessarily my speech or my actions, but Mm -hmm. my mind, like internally to let my thoughts be still, because it's my thoughts that will overwhelm me that then spur me on to this either frenetic activity or almost a deep lethargy of meaninglessness. So it's these two extremes that are being driven by a mental frenzy of chaos and lack of control and unpredictability And for me, receiving stillness in my mind has been a big part of it. And as you know, I'm a huge fan of taking time away from social media, having been Mm -hmm. off for half a year. And absolutely, like I don't even think anymore. And that's why I'm glad you brought it up to say to people, don't be on your phone first thing, because I never do that anymore. I even um, have changed my habits so much that in the morning – I still set an alarm on my phone, but when the alarm goes off, I I don't even look at the screen. I just kind of do the pinch on the phone to turn off the alarm because I know there will be notifications waiting for me on text or Voxer. So I get no notifications on any social medias or news Mm -hmm. or nowhere. But people I work with in Teams will inevitably have reached out about something. And I know if I even see those, By accident. So if I get up and I glance down at my phone and I see them immediately, a sense of urgency impresses itself on me. So I can be in my pajamas, haven't even used the restroom yet in the morning. And now I'm like, "Ah, I have to respond to so and so. And guess what? You don't like we, unless you're a brain surgeon and it's someone texting you from the (laughs) the OR, like you don't need to. And so I am super controlling with myself about not even glancing at that screen until I'm ready. And I tell myself, you're not ready until you've gotten ready. So whatever that looks like for you. So maybe you are still in the uniform of sweatpants or yoga pants or pajama pants like we all are. But for me, it still means taking a shower, brushing my teeth, putting in my contact lenses, greeting my children, making coffee, seeing if the kids are set for the day. All of those things happen first before I pick up the phone On days when I slip and pick up the phone first, immediately frenzy rushes in like a wave into my body. And at the same time, there's the sense of despair. Like, oh, here it all comes again. It's overwhelming. I don't know. This is my lie. Like all those sort of despairing, meaninglessness thoughts that we have. But if I'm able to resist that, then the vapor of my life, this wispy, mysterious smoke that we live in, Feels more warm and comforting mm-hmm. and less aggressive or like something out of a spooky story.
0: Does that even make sense? <laughs> it does. It's the beautiful fog that just yeah. envelops us and says, hey, take a break from looking ahead, yeah. take a break from planning, take a break. Um, you know, this is something else Anna mentioned in her piece. This isn't the month for resolutions. That was January, right? right. Even, even that is sort of different in February. Um, whether or not we've kept our resolutions, if we have, you know, then those are becoming more habits and patterns. So, even in that, February is <laughs> like, hey, just take a break. Right. And all you can really see is what is right around, and maybe that's enough for now. There will be other times, other seasons when the um, horizon is visible, you know, far out into the distance, and those will be beautiful, exciting days. Mm. Um, But for now, just let this fog protect Protect Mm.
1: us and, yeah, hold us a bit. And it's going to be boring, I think. Yeah, I think so. And I think I will say on a practical note, you know, it's not like Christy and I live in la-la land. Like, we also have deadlines and jobs and things that have to be accomplished. And so if you're that kind of person who's like, oh, I can't start my morning that way. Like, I need to jump in. Something that's really helped me has got is getting into the practice every evening when I'm done sort of my work day, pulling out my whatever you use, planner, scrap of paper, mm-hmm. whatever. And I then collect my thoughts for what I know is coming the next day. So I make like a little list, like I'm going to have to do this in the morning. And it's just big chunks of things that I feel like when I get them out of my head, then when I wake up the next morning, I know there is a plan. I already wrote it all down. I have a sense of the roadmap. I don't have to jump right on my phone. But on the days when I haven't done that and I wake up in the morning and I can sort of feel behind or like, oh, I don't know what's coming today. Like, better check my phone. Then I feel like the rhythm gets established by the phone and the demands of the world around me as opposed to me setting down on paper and saying to the ether, you know, hey, unpredictable cloud of mist of the day. <laughs> like, here's the structure we're, we're going for today. And if I've done that the night before, it makes the morning much easier to approach without having to turn on my device right away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And That's I'll say really to that yeah. end, I keep my phone on do not disturb. Until I'm ready. So like the whole part of the morning. So waking up, getting dressed, showering, helping my kids, getting coffee. Like my phone is still on Do Not Disturb because I've had to teach myself that I am the boss of my phone, not the other way around. So I don't and I keep it almost all weekend on Do Not Disturb as well. Um, Sometimes I let it die just because that feels empowering to me to remind myself the phone is not the boss of me. And then, (laughs) you know, for those of you that are stressing because you have kids, so my children, their phone numbers are set to come through. They ring through my do not disturb settings, um, which, of course, you can set. But that has really changed and rewired, I think, part of my own frantic mental Storm that has, has calmed down significantly by just simply making some very practical decisions about how technology interacts with me, especially first thing in the morning.
0: That's really helpful. I think it um I'm remembered again of that thing we often say that, you know, we're in telling these stories we we're hoping that we will see the day rather than seize the day. <laughs> and there are days that need to be seized. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. But I I like this gentle approach that is a sort of middle ground. You're saying like we hey February, we see you. Misty yeah. misty nothingness, we see you. We still have lives to live, and so we're going to come up with a few habits and practices that help us do what we need to do, not completely collapse into blobs. <laughs> <laughs> while acknowledging that, hey, this is this is a misty month, and we don't want to fight that with right. with, we, with all our strength every day. We don't want to turn into we don't want to turn on that frenzy, mm-hmm. um, and we want to be aware of that that that's not the direction we want to go, even if we're tempted to it this month, right? And it, it, I don't know, so that's just a really nice balance, I think we're seeing the day, but we're acknowledging that we still have to get up and, and live this day. So right. how can we do that in a way that is um, sort of faithful to what this season is about? Right. And you know, like I and also, I guess there's no formulas, right? So last February, we had a gift of warm, balmy days where John and I got this head start on the garden, and I can't tell you how many times in March, April, May. June even John and I would turn to each other and say isn't it so great that we had February Aww. and we got all that done and now look at us our garden is growing here we are sitting on this new little patio you made <laughs> up on up on this hillside and we're enjoying ourselves and you know we're sort of enjoying the fruits of our labor i mean we were really grateful it was a gift last year to have that kind of head start mm. so We would have been foolish not, I think, to do what we Mm. did in February. That's what that February was allowing us to do. Mm. Um, But this February is different. And I need to—and God is sovereign, Mm. so I can receive it. I don't have to fight it. I can receive it. And so receiving this February, this year, 2021, Mm. um, is going to be different than last. And and that's good. That's okay.
1: Yeah, we don't have to anchor our meaning to our productivity. Mm -hmm. Productivity is not a bad thing. Um, but really, what we invite God to do is to come in and just still the, the chaos and the frenzy where we're trying mm-hmm. to force control, or I guess, wrest control out of His hands. Yeah. And February is a good reminder <laughs> that He yeah. is the keeper of the seasons and our time and our days.
0: Oh, that's good. The keeper of the seasons, the keeper of our days, and thank goodness for that. Right? I don't. I don't want that job title. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, you can have it. You can have it. And thank you. And thank you.